Hello, hello. Welcome to Stories Between the Lines podcast. This is your host, Nandini, kicking off this episode of the podcast from New Jersey. For you, a thousand times over, a phrase simply means yes, certainly, no problem. But it is also an expression of complete loyalty towards another individual. Back in August of this year, America ended a 20-year-long war in Afghanistan, which was triggered by the 9-11 terror attacks. A fog of uncertainty now looms over Afghanistan. While watching and reading the unfortunate scenes unfold, my thoughts instinctively roam towards the Kaitrana, a captivating novel written by the Afghan-American author Khaled Husseini. When I first read the Kaitrana, I think sometime in 2006 or 7, I was filled with a deep sense of sadness that hung over me for days. The story and the characters remain etched in my mind even now. I decided to reread the book. This episode of the Stories Between the Lines podcast reflects on the Kaitrana. We have a great set of panelists to chat with about this book. Stay with us as we explore many endearing themes through this story of friendship, betrayal, lies, sacrifice and then a possibility of redemption a chance to make things right again much of the story in the kaitrana takes place in afghanistan between the 1970s to the early 2002 a little bit of history will help understand the backdrop of the story in the kaitrana afghanistan means the land of Afghans. The name Afghan is used by the Pashtun majority to describe themselves. The Pashtun, also known as the Pathans, are the country's largest ethnic group and are Sunni Muslims, a major branch of Islam. Hazaras are members of the Afghan ethnic minority group and are mainly Shiite Muslims, another branch of Islam. The Hazaras are considered the lower class people in the Afghan society and have no access to education. Hence, they continue to be poor and the conflict between the Hazaras and the Pashtun people is the backbone of the story in the Kaitrana. Afghanistan was ruled by King Zahir Shah from 1933 to 1973. In 1973, Mohammad Daud Khan, who was Zahir Shah's cousin, staged a bloodless military coup and seized power of the country with the help of the People's Democratic Party of Afghanistan. After ruling the country for a few years, Daud Khan was violently overthrown by the PDPA. He and his family were killed in the coup. The PDPA is affiliated with the Communist Party 
and therefore held close ties to the Soviet Union. They instituted many political and social reforms in the country, including religious reforms which infuriated the Afghans. The internal turmoil led to the Soviet army's entry into Afghanistan and they soon occupied the country. Throughout the decade-long Soviet occupation, Muslim forces called Mujahideen or men in war put up a resistance. resistance. In 1992, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, the Mujahideen took over Afghanistan and converted it into an Islamic state. However, the infighting among rival groups continued making everyday life in Afghanistan unsafe. The rumble of gunfire was constant and people lived in utmost fear. Meanwhile, the Taliban, who were originally students, emerged in the early 1990s. In 1996, the Taliban took control of Kabul. After years of insecurity and violence, the people actually welcomed the Taliban. But this warm reception was short-lived. They soon made life in Afghanistan dangerous. They banned music and dance and severely restricted women's rights. Violence against the Hazaras people rapidly increased. After the September 11 attacks of 2001, the United States invaded Afghanistan to flush out the prime suspects who were taking shelter there and subsequently overthrew the Taliban. After 20 long years, the United States ended the war in Afghanistan this year and completely withdrew from the country. Here's a quick recap of the story by Anushri Dwibedi, who's a high school student here in New Jersey. The Kite Burner is a story of an unlikely friendship between two boys from two drastically different social statuses in Afghanistan. Amir is a young boy growing up in Kabul in the 1970s. His father, whom he calls Baba, is affluent Pashtun. Ali and his son Hassan work as servants for Baba and Amir. Being Hazaras, Hassan is not allowed to go to school. Baba is often aloof and indifferent with Amir. Rahim Khan is Baba's close friend. He is also a father figure and confidant to Amir. Hassan and Amir are best friends and they spend a lot of time playing and flying kites. Amir reads books and own stories to Hassan but often tricks his friend by making up the wrong endings to the stories. Amir, desperate for, the, for his father's approval, is often puzzled by his father's affection for Hassan. Baba showers Hassan with birthday presents and insists on taking him along on family outings. Asaf is a bully who lives in the same neighborhood and often picks on the two friends, but Hassan always stands up against the bullies. One day, Hassan threatens him with a slingshot to stop him from harassing Amir. Asaf declares to get his revenge that day. An annual kite tournament is held at Kabul. 
young boys fly kites and try to cut each other's kites from glass-covered strings, and then the kite runners chase after the fallen kites to proclaim victory. Amir and Hassan have practiced as a team for years, naturally. Amir flew the kite, and Hassan held the string and ran after the fallen ones. Amir wins a tournament, and then Hassan goes to retrieve the loser's kite. Amir believes his victory will finally make his father proud of him. Hassan then runs through the streets, promising to retrieve the last fallen kite so Amir's victory will be complete. However, when Amir searches for Hassan, he finds him in an alley, trapped by Asaf and his friends. Hassan has found the kite, but Asaf wants it. When Hassan refuses to yield, the bullies take turns brutally assaulting him while Amir silently watches from the shadows and then runs away like a coward without even trying to save his friend. The two boys then pretend that the assault never happened. Amir takes the fallen kite home to Baba, who finally acknowledges him with affection. But the unforgiving incident torments Amir with a guilt which makes him drift away from Hassan. And then to get rid of him, Amir frames Hassan by falsely accusing him of stealing, and Ali and Hassan decide to leave. A few years later, Baba and Amir flee Kabul when the Soviets occupy Afghanistan. They eventually find refuge in Fremont, California, and Baba works at a gas station where Amir finishes high school, goes to college, and then pursues writing. Baba and Amir often sell things at a local flea market, and one day Amir meets Saraya at the flea market. She is a daughter of Baba's friend, General Tahiri. They soon fall in love with each other, but in the meantime, Baba is diagnosed with lung cancer. Shortly after Amir's wedding to Saraya, Baba dies. Amir then becomes a writer and gets his first book published. But meanwhile, in Afghanistan, the Soviets are driven out and the Taliban begin to rule the country. One day, Amir gets a call from a very ill Rahim Khan requesting him to come back to Pakistan. With much apprehension, Amir travels to see Rahim Khan and learns about the horrors of the Taliban regime in Afghanistan. Hassan and his wife helped Rahim take care of Baba's home in Kabul and their son's name is Zora. After Rahim Khan left Kabul for Pakistan, he learned that the Taliban executed Hassan and his wife and Sorab was sent to an orphanage. Rahim Khan also reveals to Amir the shocking truth that Hassan is his half-brother and Baba is the biological father of both boys. Rahim Khan pleads with Amir to go to Kabul and rescue Sorab, saying this is his chance to be good again and Amir finally agrees to go. The journey to Kabul is treacherous, and Amir is shocked by the scars left on the land from the endless war. When Amir finally locates the orphanage, the house Sorab, he learns the boy has been sold to a Taliban officer. This Taliban officer turns out to be Asaf, childhood bully who had assaulted Hassan. Asaf is now abusing Sorab. When Amir offers to buy the boy, Asaf refuses and instead beats him brutally. Amir is saved when Sorab manages to shoot Asaf's eye with a slingshot. Amir and Sorab finally escape and arrive in Pakistan. 
and Amir then asks Sorab to come back to the US with him as Sorab hesitantly accepts. After much struggle with the adoption and immigration process, Amir finally brings Sorab to California. Though Sorab survived the treacheries inflicted on him, he becomes a mute, which means he is psychologically unable to speak or smile at anyone. Many months later, Amir and Saraya take him to the park to celebrate the Afghan New Year. Saurabh notices some people flying kites, something he remembers he used to do with his father. And when Amir wins a kite by fighting another kite, Saurabh's face breaks into a smile for the first time. This first smile is a symbol of a small new beginning, healing for Saurabh and redemption for Amir. Thank you so much, Anushri. That was very well done. You are listening to the Stories Between the Lines podcast, curating stories to share. Thank you so much for all the great feedback about this podcast. Please keep it coming. Now I present the most exciting part of this episode. We have three guests today joining us from different parts of the world to provide their insight into some of the facets of the kite runner. We have Rose Leonard, who's a high school language arts teacher. Actually, she's a wonderful teacher at the same high school my kids went to. And then we have Shilpa Tipse from Mumbai, India, and Arun from Singapore. I am so very happy and excited to have you all on board today and thank you so much for taking time off from this uh, Sunday morning, night and, um, and almost midnight, I think. I'd like to give you all a very warm welcome. We would love to hear a little bit about yourself and an aspect of the book that resonates with you the most. Chilpa, let's start with you. Hi, everyone. It's, uh, I'm really glad to be on the panel today. And uh, I am an interior designer by profession. I love to travel, love to read books. And I am into creative writing uh, since the past few years. And I found this book so intense, like, you know, with so much of emotions, some beautiful moments which shine through the depressing events and settings. It has got guilt, regret, redemption, everything all rolled into one. And, you know, I simply couldn't get out of the book for days. I mean, it was uh, quite, you know, it really shook me up. I can totally relate. In fact, all of us can. I think years after reading the book, the story remains etched in your in the reader's memory. Absolutely. Rose? Hi. So I teach um, high school language arts. My name is Rose Leonard. Um, and that is where I was fortunately introduced to the book. Um, it's in our junior curriculum, 11th graders. And the kids told me that I should read it. So I did. Um, and I can't even remember what year it was that I read it, but I have the uh, same reaction to it that we all do, that it's been years and the book is always in the back of my head. And I share that with my students. 
And while I don't have the um, distinct uh, pleasure and opportunity to teach it to a class, um, my, I encourage my students to read it for a choice text or they read it for their summer reading. So I've had the opportunity to discuss it with students over the years um, often. And um, I think what I have to say about the book that's so important is uh, it made me understand the Middle East uh, a more profound way. And that really, I, it's a book everyone should read for all the reasons that Shilpa mentioned, but also just for a better understanding of our world. Um, I just found out talking about this podcast that my daughter did not read it last year. And so she'll be reading it this summer. <laughs> I so agree with you, Rose. The Kite Runner is fiction and may not be the sole representation of the country or its people or their culture, you know. But however, this book uh, by the Afghan-American writer Khalid Husseini does provide some insight into this beautiful country uh, beyond the media's portrayal as a breeding ground for terrorism, drug trafficking, or uh, the Taliban. Uh, this is his very first book and was published in 2003, just uh, two short years after the very tragic 9-11 attacks, and uh, that subsequently led to the U.S. military invasion in Afghanistan. Though through the book and the endearing characters, we got a glimpse of the Afghan people, their language and culture. Uh, you even get introduced to a few words and phrases in the Farsi language, which is one of the local languages spoken by the Afghan people. To me, that was really cool. Right. And the beauty of the country, the landscape and the culture, all of those things I appreciate learning about through his book. Arun? Uh, yes, uh, first of all, Nandini, uh, thanks for having me here. Um, uh, this is such a great opportunity. Uh, so it, to introduce myself, my name is Arun. I come from the southern part of India from a state called Kerala, uh, but I've been living in Singapore for the last 10 years with my family. Uh, with my job, I get to visit a lot of places across Asia and, and the States. And I immensely enjoy travel and interacting people uh, at their own backyard, right? And I do enjoy uh, reading. Uh, what's really what really resonates uh, about this book is it talks about friendships and uh, different flavors and different kinds of friendships, and it runs very deep. So, uh, French friendship between uh, Amer and Hassan, friendship between Rahim Khan and Baba, Baba and Ali, different intricacies within those friendships. Great. Speaking of friendship, that kind of leads us uh, directly to the, the title of the book. Kites have been a very symbolic uh, significance throughout the story, and hence the title of the book, The Kite Runner. It, at various stages of the story, it signifies friendship, like you mentioned, Arun, and uh, sacrifices because of a kite. And at the end of the book, even redemption. Kite fighting is a popular sport in Afghanistan, and it is quite popular in uh, India and other Asian countries as well. Like, um, Amir and Hassan are very passionate about this sport, and Amir especially, you know, he, he feels a connection to his, his father, who's known as Baba in the book, who's always been kind of aloof 
towards him and we don't know the exact reason for it until later on in the story and amir is the kite flyer and hassan is the kite runner a very symbolic reflection of their uh, social classes in the afghan society rose what do you think about the title of the book and its uh, significance so first again this is another beautiful image in the book right and something we don't know about afghanistan what kite running means to them and the fact that the strings are um do i want to say dipped in glass yeah so this is a right a whole level of which we're not aware so to me what he is definitely saying about the whole kite running is that it's beautiful right the moment the kite takes off how long it stays in the air all those things are beautiful but at the same time um when they have to cut the string or if the string breaks the glass hurts you right you're cut by it and i think it sums up all of the relationships um he has through the whole book he and his friend and what happens to him he and his father and their relationship and his his relationship with afghanistan and where he's from all those relationships have moments of beauty but then there are moments of pain when he you know he's cut um and and bleeds like the glass of the kite so i think it's you know meant to symbolize both the beauty and the pain at the same time you know usually a kite has two sides on one side it symbolizes hassan's devout friendship towards amir he places amir's happiness above and beyond his own safety when he goes to retrieve that kite which was cut i mean a cut kite is a symbol of victory and because he knows how much it means to his friend amir he undergoes potential danger and his selfless act had uh, dreadful consequences as we know uh, the bullies end up uh, raping him while amir kind of silently looks on he doesn't do anything about it and on the other side of the kite at the end of the book you kind of um, kite kind of symbolizes amir's redemption when he um, when we finally get to see the compassionate side of him and uh, amir is running to catch sorab's kite who's hasan's son and uh, that kind of symbolizes his kinship with hasan as well and that the the famous quote you know for you a thousand times over kind of comes in full circle don't you think right so even amir's redemption think about that like it's beautiful that he has that redemption but at the same time the cost of it to him is so painful right physically and emotionally even mentally painful so i think that is what he was doing with the kite and yeah. it just carries through the whole thing in every aspect and every conflict in every relationship yeah and it's beautiful that khalid uh, decided to call the book the kite runner rather than the kite fighter all mhm So almost all characters in the book suffer emotionally whether it was because of their status in society or they harbor a lifetime of guilt we see that in Amir and his father Baba as well the guilt uh, Hassan and Sorab endure extraordinary sexual and emotional suffering uh, Shilpa 
what characters do you think suffers the most or uh, with whom you empathize with the most yes uh, nandini as you rightly said each character suffers in his own way in this book like you know hasan ami saurabh ali even baba all of them are suffering but if i had to pick one or actually i would like to pick two it would be saurabh and amir like for saurabh he was suffering at the hands of destiny like he had a very dramatic childhood in a war torn country was sent to an orphanage when his parents were shot dead and then he was abused in every possible way coming to amir like he suffered due to his own actions uh, like uh, you know if he would have controlled his actions maybe uh, he would have not suffered all that much but um, he chose not to and due to that he carried his guilt and suffering till the very end of this book that is what i think so true in my opinion uh, sorab uh, probably suffers the most because as a child uh, as you mentioned growing up in a war torn country must have been so very disturbing and for amir and hasan uh, were lucky to see a more peaceful afghanistan you know their childhood was beautiful for the most part they enjoyed all the simple pleasures of being a child in a beautiful country but sorab uh, he was raised in a war torn country and then being physically abused and uh, tortured sexually and emotionally by the taliban i just cannot even imagine how traumatic it must have been and uh, when right. amir rescues him from the clutches of the taliban he must have somewhere seen a ray of hope because you actually get uh, read that he a smile breaks out on his face at, and thinking that finally maybe the tortures are over but he attempts suicide when he learns that he cannot accompany amir to america and must re- return to the orphanage until the paperwork are finalized i think the suicide attempt uh, you know kind of says it all as to how the poor boy was so distorted and his uh, mental and emotional state at that time um it was it was a very heartbreaking phase in the book yes. yeah i'm just going to reflect on amir's thoughts after his father baba's death he says i realized how much of who i was what i was had been defined by baba and the marks he left on people's lives my whole life i had been baba's son baba cannot show me the way anymore i'd have to find it on my own amir was always in the shadow of uh, his father all his life he is always known as baba's son like oh, it's almost like he doesn't have his own identity to me uh, baba's personality is very imposing in many aspects we see a bit of arrogance aloofness towards amir at the beginning and then as the story progresses we see uh, we start seeing a little bit more of a human side with uh, facets like bravery or a man of uh, values um, you know and he has a lot of pride and dignity uh, we see that in his life in california arun do you like the character of baba 
do you think uh, they could have show, portrayed him in a different light? Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a good question. So uh, Baba's an interesting character. And probably, in my perspective, the most interesting character in this, in the, in this book. Uh, and his character has different layers. Uh, he's a very proud man, very courageous, high integrity, and will stand up for the right thing. In fact, uh, his, his main fear was that Amir will never be like him and cannot stand up for himself. And uh, that was his main fear uh, during the early days of Amir, right? Uh, he risks his life in saving a complete stranger from a Russian soldier. And he, he doesn't accept food stamps in California when, even when he had no money and his health was deteriorating. So he's definitely someone who's very admirable and heroic, except when he's not. The story uh, takes you through the betrayal traits of Baba. Firstly, he betrays and deceives his own friend by sleeping with his wife and impregnating her. Uh, later, he doesn't even display the courage to accept Hassan as his own son uh, and denies him the basic right. He carries on with not even telling the truth ab about that to Amir, right? So as, as much as he's admirable, there are facets to his character, which is deeply flawed. Almost all the other characters are very predictable and consistent. He covers his misdeeds by running an orphanage, buying gifts for Hassan, and uh, offering him a plastic surgery for his birthday and so on, right? For me, it's uh, I like the character and I don't like it at the same time, so. Yeah, you love to hate idea. that character because, uh, but mm -hmm. you also don't end up disliking him because of he has so many different layers to his personality. You kind of hate him at one point and then you admire him at another point, especially when he stands up to the Russian soldier uh, for a complete stranger and willing to put his own life you know, on, on the line, he could have easily been shot at that point, but yet he's brave enough to stand up for what's right. That was a turning point for me when he does that. Oh, this guy has so many different facets to his personality. And, um, uh, but, you know, sadly, he never had a chance to find redemption. Amir probably does towards the end of the story. And he never got a chance to be what Rahim Khan says, to be good again. That is the sad part of his character, I think. Yeah, but having said that, he also died a happy man. Though he was poor and he did not enjoy the glory and the materialistic things that he possessed in Afghanistan. Uh, he died poor, but he died happily. Uh, and he did recover some of the things that he denied Amir uh, during his late days. So. Uh, I think that and, was his redemption, probably. That yes, he, yes. Yeah. And we only know about uh, Baba after his death, right? Until yeah. then, his, his character is extremely consistent. It's only after his death, his true colors come out. So it's, it's a very interesting character. Well, uh, Nandini, you just made me think of something. Um, and maybe this is why the book stays with us all so much. As human beings, we are flawed. We we often don't have a chance at redemption, right? We often fail at the things that we're supposed to. And the characters are, there's so much conflict, right? We're conflicted about liking them or not. Um, but isn't that really the way that we are in real life, right? No one Absolutely. is perfect. Absolutely. Everyone's conflicted when they, and they wish they weren't. So again, maybe this is why we connect with the book so strongly because he reveals 
characters who are so much like us. Yeah, I think every character you can connect with their personalities in, in one way or the other. And that's the character with Amir too. You know, he knows that Hassan has been wrong. He could have done something, but he chose to be silent for his own selfish needs. That's why at the end of the story, after reading the book, I was thinking of so many what if scenarios. What if Baba had spoken the truth? What if Amir had saved Hassan? How, how different the story would have been. Um, it le left me with so many more questions at the end of the story. And aren't those the questions we ask ourselves every day in our own lives also, right? Abs absolutely. I mean, it shows all the characters have such strong human elements. And that's why we connect with all of them, because human beings are flawed, as you said. And we all make mistakes, especially uh, during our younger days. And uh, I, don't, I cannot think of anybody who hasn't made a mistake or have regrets. Now let's talk about relationships, whether it's friendship or any relationships, all bonds are built on trust. I think uh, the novel's greatest irony and the most uh, unfortunate or the saddest moments centers on Amir's silence and why he chose to be a bystander. And uh, he could have stopped Hassan from being assaulted by Asaf and uh, the other bullies. You know, I kept thinking, why didn't Amir stop the brutality against Hassan? And why did he act uh, strangely, very hateful towards Hassan after this um, horrific incident? You know, that was kind of very perplexing to me. Rose, what are your thoughts? So it is one of those moments where um, we almost can never forgive ourselves for our decisions, right? I think it's envy. Um, Amir is so envious of Hassan because his fa Amir's father treats Hassan so differently and better than he treats his own son. So first, we're, we always think we can react to a situation and we cannot, right? Unless we've been in that situation, our brain doesn't actually know what to do. So first, I believe that he's just paralyzed with fear and indecision and doesn't know exactly how to stop the situation. But second, I really feel like the envy um, takes over um, for him. And he he's almost evilly kind of thinking, you know, the, the boy who gets all the attention from his father is suffering right now. And then, of course, it's the guilt for the rest of his life. The only way that he can deal with it is by not, he can't love his friend to the same degree that he used to love him because he did not do something for his friend. So that love is can't come out in the same way that it did. It can't be expressed. And now it's guilt. So guilt, bitterness. So the bitterness of that he has for himself and, and what he did that was uh, selfish is why he's just so horrible to his friend and takes him years to come to terms with that. And leads him to saving you know his friend's son so that's my take on it that that stage in the story was very disturbing for me mm -hmm. uh, we hear of mean kids we hear of bullies we hear but Amir uh, at the core of it is a good guy and yet he there's a there's an element of meanness in him that that gets a better of him 
as uh, as readers we kind of want to hate uh, amir because of his selfishness he's uh, portrayed as a coward for uh, somebody who's scared for most of the story but amir um, is given a chance to make things right to redeem himself of his uh, past flaws thing uh, rose you mentioned before as humans we all make mistakes and do stupid things when especially when we are young the fact that he is finally willing to make things right is i think a testament of the of the goodness in him i think one uh, one of the hopeful themes in the story is also redemption shilpa do you think amir found redemption for his past acts yes definitely amir did redeem himself after leaving afghanistan he goes to america but his past never leaves him he's always troubled by his past his betrayal of his dear friend hasan and uh, when he hears that hasan is no more he think he's lost a chance to redeem himself but then when he hears of saurabh and he gets a chance he risk everything to travel back to kabul and to rescue him and finally he adopts him and that is his greatest redemption i think uh, like you know he tries to set everything right he realizes his mistake he suffers the guilt and all everything finally it's redemption for him uh, that is what i think true i think when uh, asaf uh, beats him up and he actually takes in every punch thinking like this is a punishment for his past guilt yeah right 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 <laughs> very much so there was redemption uh, for amir yeah i i guess at least to some degree not yeah. and uh, uh, and that's the last part of the book right yeah. the last page right where he sees shot up uh, flying kite again so um earlier we talked about how the kite is very symbolic uh, in the story uh, it is also used to show disparity between the social classes between as a kite flyer and a kite runner now throughout the book there are various symbols that uh, highlight some of the key moments in the story you know hasan's a cleft lip or it's also called the hair lip is very symbolic in the story now the very introduction uh, of hasan amir actually uh, reflects on his friend the hair-lipped kite runner later on the story we learn that hasan's own mother scorned on his cleft lip with mockery arun what do you think his cleft lip signifies you think it's like a symbol of uh, inferior social status yeah um I don't think it's got anything got to got to do with the inferior social status or him being a hazara. Uh, to me, at least, it uh, signifies uh, signifies a curse. So um, it starts with him being born as a curse. His own mother mocks at him uh, at the at the at the time of childbirth, right? Uh, and Amir also describes him as a uh, uh, in very detailed as someone with a facial defect. uh so it signifies as a curse and it also tells us that he can't escape that curse 
right? That's what it is, right? Uh, Baba even tries to fix that defect with the plastic surgery and the winter comes and the Taliban uh, emerges again, right? So uh, it shows throughout the story that uh, of, of Afghanistan as a nation, uh, right, is cursed. Uh, and as much as it tries to get out of that curse, it is uh, helpless. And that's one of the themes of the of the novel as well, right? Yeah. Uh, and if you remember the end of the story, Amir getting injured in the hands of Asif. And mm -hmm. he goes to the doctor and he shows his lip um, and the doctor heals him of his wounds. But he says with a lot of trauma that I don't think my wounds will ever be healed. Uh, and that's also on the left, if you remember. So. Yeah. Uh, to me, it is just a curse uh, which you can't escape no matter what you do. But ironically, that uh, the cleft lip that Amir uh, sustains uh, towards the end of the novel at the hands of the uh, Asif is actually, uh, in my opinion, it kind of connects uh, a symbol of kinship between Hassan and him as well uh, in a different way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So are there any, any other symbols in the stories uh, you want to reflect on, Shilpa or, or Rose? One of the things that sticks with me the most is the, the beauty of the environment, tiles. Mm -hmm. All I can remember when I think about the book are the way the tiles are described in the house and the trees outside. Yeah. Like those... Those things stick with me. And I think they were just supposed to symbolize the beauty, you know, of the people, how beautiful Afghan is and their people. So and that's something homes. else. That just, the homes, uh, it's so serene. Right? The, the, the description makes you almost want to visit and experience it. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, speaking of the beauty of the trees, you know, the pomegranate tree is also quite symbolic. I think uh, it, uh, you know, we, um, I love pomegranates. And in the story, it uh, symbolizes Amir and Hassan's friendship. Again, another symbol of friendship. You know, the boys spend uh, so many days, summer days together there, under the, sitting under the tree. And um, Amir uh, reads stories to Hassan under the tree. And they both even inscribe their names on the tree. They say Amir and Hassan, uh, sultans of uh, Kabul. Uh, I think the tree was kind of a safe, haven for the boys as well but uh, sadly the tree is also where Amir ended his uh, friendship with Hassan you know Amir makes it a point to visit the tree one last time when he goes to Kabul to rescue Shorab and um, that was uh, you know both a sad and beautiful moment in the story when they show the inscription of the boys on the tree. Well, that was so much fun talking with you all and I think we can go on and on talking about this totally mesmerizing book, right? Certain books you read leaves you with a book hangover. The story and characters just swallow you up. There is no doubt that the Kite Runners won such book. There is so much to ponder over but sadly we are out of time. I would like to end this part of the episode with the hope of peace for the people of Afghanistan and for some sense of normalcy to return to this beautiful country. Rose, Shilpa and Arun, I thank you all for being a panelist on this episode of the Stories Between the Lines podcast. 
it was great chatting with you all it was a pleasure oh. nandini thank you nandini thanks for this was great i i really learned and enjoyed uh, this conversation i learned a ton from arush shilpa and yourself thank you so much same great it was uh, great to hear other people's um analysis of the book and i hope that we've inspired people who have not read it to read it because i think it will make them better people i hope you all enjoyed this episode of the stories between the lines podcast please like our page on facebook and instagram and do subscribe to the podcast on spotify apple and google podcast It's October, my favorite time of the year. Crisp autumn weather and surrounded by beautiful fall colors. It's also the beginning of the festivities. For those who celebrate, I hope you all had a wonderful Navratri and Dashera. It is now time to look forward to some special treats and some spectacular tricks. Happy Halloween everyone. I will be back with another episode of the Stories Between the Lines podcast in November.